I would move to Los Angeles because I was going to be the next Brad Pitt. And, uh, and so I met Christina at a general hospital audition. And uh, then I lied to her because she owned a production studio at the time. And I lied to her and said, yeah, I do home renovations all the time. I could totally remodel your studio. We had a 14,000 square foot studio that we had just moved into and we needed someone to renovate it. And, and so I was sitting on YouTube University just kind of <laughs> had to redo carpet and everything. And then that's actually... As I got better at, at the remodeling, that's kind of what brought us into the investment, the, side. The investment side. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to the Agent Podcast. I'm here with Kiki and Christina Salcido out of New Mexico. Kiki, Christina, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks course. for having us. So it's uh, not your first day in the real estate business. You guys started back in 2017 with Remax. Tell me your story. Well, we uh, actually met in California. He's born and raised here in New Mexico. We met in California, really wanted to get into the investing side. We did you know, a few deals out there. We did a bunch of mentorship programs, did a bunch of research. I was starting to get my license. And then we realized that it was very expensive, number one, to live there. And number two, there were a lot of opportunities in New Mexico that I guess weren't getting tapped into. So we decided to move back. Um, he fought it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it definitely didn't move away to come back. But you know, it did make a lot of sense as the business sense. Uh, I think the last offer we made was a house that was half burned down. And it was you know, $750,000. In got California? Out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, right. that was you know to us it was just kind of ridiculous because you know where do you kind of fit in in that marketplace if there's investors that are already have that experience and already able to you know pay eight hundred thousand dollars cash for a burned down house yeah so <laughs> and we were just starting out right so uh, we came to New Mexico um, sadly enough for a funeral and uh, while we were out here we were looking at Zillow and Trulia and we saw the price points and. I wanted animals. She talked me into it. <laughs> so yeah. moved out here and got some llamas and haven't looked back since. Wait, do you guys really have llamas? We yep. have llamas, horses, goats, chickens. Oh, two llamas, my... two horses, and four goats, and about 20 chickens. My I wife got... is definitely going to be calling you guys. She wants a farm <laughs> and she wants It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> we never thought we'd love our llamas as much as we do, but they're actually really funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so you started on the investment side in California, um, in New Mexico for funeral. I'm sorry for your loss. I know it's been many years, but still, um, said, Hey, this seems like an opportunity. And then what happened? 30 days later, we moved because I'm very like, that's what I want and go. And he was like, we're really moving. I was like, yeah, we're going, let's go. Let's pack. Let's go. Um, (laughs) so we uh, started studying for our license. We moved here uh, October of 2016, started studying for our license January 2017. Um, I think we got our license in April, like officially really kind of started April, um, April, May. We closed our first deal actually at our wedding. We had two deals under contract that month and we were closing the deals while we were at the wedding. We closed one right before we got on the plane. Yeah. And then we had one that was on the way to the wedding. We were negotiating, fell through, or it was about to fall through. And so on the ride to the wedding, uh, she was on the phone. I was a little hungover from my bachelor party. (laughs) So she she took care of business that day. Go, Christina. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we, we dove into it. And a friend of ours brought us into the brokerage and, um, we didn't really have a lot of support, like the support that we thought we would actually need. So we, and that was Remax when you first started. Yeah. And it's, I mean, they have good branding and everything, but it, I think we needed more like hands-on because we kind of just threw things and if it worked, it worked and we had problems and we just had to work through them. So I feel like we would have started a little bit faster um if we kind of knew what we were doing but we had no idea didn't know anybody didn't have anything so we kind of um we we closed i think over three million in our first what seven months uh it was like 13 or 14 deals and then kind of scaled up from there so you move to a new place you have no database no sphere of influence you're just getting into the business how, what, how did you do what did you do how did you figure out where to start we, uh, well, and that's one of the reasons why we went with the brokerage we went with is they were positioned in a more upscale part of town. Uh, so they brought in more upscale listings. So, and there was a lot of older agents that were in that office and they did not want to do any open houses. So we sat yeah. maybe four or five open houses a weekend and, you know, figured it out really. As people walk in, we would try to say different things. You know, I kind of believe in uh, neuro-linguistic programming, right? So I, I think that there is certain phrases you can say to get a certain response. Uh, not that I believe in it's magic or anything, but I, I do think there's some validity in that. So, you know, we would try out different phrases and, you know, some was, would not work and it'd be super creepy. <laughs> you know, it, it was as honest as that, right? I would say something like, hey, you know, let's go grab a bite. And then she'd be like, that came off super weird. And I'd be like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we only, yeah, so because he didn't want to touch um, any of his COI or his sphere because, you know, he went and then he came back. So he was kind of like, I don't want to tell anybody I'm in real estate because I'm kind of embarrassed that I went and then had to come back. So I went with, I would move to Los Angeles because I was going to be the next Brad Pitt. And, uh, and so I met Christina at a general hospital audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I lied to her because she owned a production studio at the time. And I lied to her and said, yeah, I do home renovations all the time. I could totally remodel your studio we had a fourteen thousand square foot studio that we had just moved into and we needed someone to renovate it and and so i was sitting on youtube university just kind of <laughs> had to redo carpet and everything and then that's actually as i got better at, at the remodeling that's kind of what brought us into the investment the, side. the investment side so it was you and a home depot starter kit yeah exactly. and, and then i wound up trying to help him with the carpeting like i knew what i was doing it turned out pretty terrible <laughs> The bed for the next tenant and moved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's a great story, you guys. Um, so yeah. We'll... Uh, so open houses. Oh yeah. That's basically that. So was you were our... crushing open houses, offending people, or giving them creepy vibes, and then what Constantly. happened? Yes. Yes, but then we had we no money. Figured out so like we figured a, a script that was, you know, allowed us to start generating a good amount of leads. And then we literally started with a little black box, you know, with little index cards mm-hmm. with A, B, C, you know little partitions and then we would sit there every day call I would think we started with five leads at the first open house and we call those five people every single day <laughs> until the next open house where we'd get another five and then we call those 10 people every single day and then we just started growing the database like that and all know. of our closings the first year were just open house or open house referrals because we didn't have any money either because it was just the two of us so we didn't have another source of income 
So I was doing transaction coordinating for some brokers and he was, was doing handyman work. Yeah. And I remember before one of my first showings, I was cleaning up dog poop for another broker before his listing went live. And then, uh, but from that, even cleaning up the, the, you know, the dog poop in the backyard, I ended up talking with one of the neighbors and I got that listing, you know, four months later. So wait, did you have to watch a YouTube video for the dog poop or were you good on that? <laughs> you know, that, that one I figured out. My <laughs> so that's awesome. You got the listing next door to that one. Yeah. That's great, right? That's how it works. So yeah, no, it was really just, you know, that's what I think that taught us the most, right? Is to get out, get out of your comfort zone, right? And something I learned is the only time you grow whenever you're comfortable is around the waistline. So legit, you got to get out of that comfort zone, meet new people and then follow up with them. Because if, if, you know, you talk to them one time, there's a very, I mean, you know, you just start a conversation with somebody and the likelihood of you remember their name, even two seconds after they say their name, it's not very likely. Right. So you have to continue that process and, and you know, stay in front of them, stay consistent. More than anything. So, okay. So that was Remax. What, what came next? What happened? Did you stay at Remax? Did you grow there? What came so, next? Yeah. So we were there for two years, two years. Okay. Um, so the second year we did about, I think it was like nine or 10 million. And so, so like triple walked, the amount you did your first year. Yeah. Because, um, our qual the qualifying broker changed at that point. And so she was mentoring us. who's our business partner now, Carrie. Okay. Um, and so she helped us just scale our business significantly. And we realized how much we were paying to be there um, with basically the only main thing was kind of her that we had. We didn't really care about the branding and all of that and um, started talking. And the day my first son was born was the day we opened Simply. So that was kind of our thing. We wanted to take everything we liked from other brokerages and not include the things that we didn't like, which was mainly the high fees as well, and kind of just, you know, go from there. So we, yeah, so we started May 2017. We opened simply August of 2019. And that is your brokerage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yep. our baby. And we have about 80 brokers with, I think, another four or five coming over as well. So it's growing very, and we haven't actually recruited. They've been coming to us from referrals and hearing about it and transactions they've done with some of our brokers. And then they want to come over because of the job that they did. So it's, it's grown organically without kind of us really doing anything, um, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, a lot of that is because of our business partner and mm -hmm. who was our, you know, really our first true mentor. And she really, you know, she was in the business for 25 years. So she helped kind of, you know, say, well, get your systems in check. And we were like, well, what are, what are our systems? And so she like, just kind of keyed us in on, you know, do this, this, and this. And we actually listened, which most people don't. And that's 100%. really the biggest part is, you know, there's so many people that are willing to give you advice and they're willing to give you advice because 90% of people aren't going to do it. Right. So you're not feeding your competition. You're really just helping the 10% you know, that will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you know, we followed her direction to a T and I've scaled our business very, very rapidly since then. Yeah. We, so, we usually doubled our numbers every year for the most part. So in two years, you went from a brand new unbranded brokerage to a branded brokerage uh, doing a ton of transactions, right? Like $200 million in transactions with 80 agents 
and growing. Mm -hmm. And the 200 million was only with probably about 45 or 50 agents. We literally just got a slew of agents, probably 20, 25 agents in the last few months. So a lot of those transactions were with smaller amount of brokers. So it's, we've closed, uh, we've closed a hundred million already just this year. So that's amazing. Congratulations to you guys. Like that's a big feat to pull off. Growing a business and scaling a business is really challenging. And it's often where a lot of people fail. What, what do you attribute the success that you've had to? I know Kiki, you just mentioned systems and that's definitely a huge part in scaling, but what else, like what type of obstacles have you guys had to overcome and focus forward and push through to keep building this thing? So your mindset. That's one thing <laughs> that I would pinpoint immediately. Um, you know, whenever I got into this industry, I was very much a, a, a fixed mindset. I did not have a growth mindset at all. And I attribute, uh, you know, Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's a great book. Yep, sure you is. Get a chance to read that. Um, but yeah, you know, after realizing how fixed my mindset was, you know, I, I did a reset and started thinking, you know, more about laws of attraction and all that stuff that kind of goes along with it. And, you know, if you aren't in a good mindset, you're going to want to quit. And if you don't have a strong yeah. why, you're going to want to quit. And so, you know, I think so often, especially in this industry, you know, we're met with obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and you're grinding and you're grinding. and we have the freedom that we could just take off, right? Or we don't have to wake up early or, you know, we could call it early and go fishing for the rest of the rest of the week, right? Like we have that, but you're not going to be able to grow or, or sustain that. And you'll start hitting those peaks and valleys. And, uh, and that's overcoming those peaks and valleys. I think that that wears on you a lot. And I think the biggest thing to be completely honest, our partner is, like on the exact same page in every which way, shape or form with us. So we never argue about anything. We're both like, if we are like, yeah, Hey, this is an idea. Like all three of us go full steam ahead. So I think having a really solid partnership attributed to our like substantial growth because people come in and they see that we're on the same page. We respect each other. We work really well together. And I think we're very big on communication. So Carrie is the main QB right now. I'm going to be getting my license this month. And if someone calls or texts and they 911, you know, any one of the three of us, they get a response immediately. So it's like constant support. And I think through COVID, especially with everything happening and having to adjust your business, we have constant classes, we have constant mentorships to, Hey, let's switch your business to this because this happened. We can't do this anymore. So how are we going to structure your business now? We're very involved in our brokers' businesses if they want us to be. Some of the ones that have their stuff, they're good to go. They're still here for support and like the social aspect and the culture because um, we have very good culture here. Everyone gets along. There's no drama. There's no fighting. It's I'm impressed that with the amount of agents we have now, we don't have any of that at all. So can we touch on a couple of things real quick? There's there's two things, right? Because there's a couple different partnerships happening. There's yours and Kiki's as a married couple working together. And then you have yours and Kiki's and Carrie, Carrie. Carrie. Mm -hmm. And then you have your individual relationships with Carrie, right? So have you guys always worked well together since you were doing the carpet in your studio? Was that easy? Yeah. You know what? Honestly, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, she's the first girl I met that, that was down to like, rip up a carpet with me 
So from that, like we just kind of hit it off. And the only reason I was ripping up the carpet is because I want to hang out with her. With, <laughs> right. So yeah, we yeah, don't, we... I would say there's not a lot of ego between the two of us. We both understand that we have weaknesses and that the other person typically has what, what my weakness is, is always her strength. And we're like opposites in a lot of ways. I'm paperwork. I'm negotiation. I'm in it. I'm very fine tuning spell check. He's marketing, creative relationships, all of that. So when we go to listing appointments, we just bounce off of each other and he'll mesh better with a certain client or I will vice versa. And we just kind of make it work. Um, even people that are on our team, they never see us fight. We bicker, but we like laugh while we bicker. We don't have... Sometimes it's some good liquor. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the most part, we're on the same page with everything. Um, I'll shoot down some more creative stuff just because I don't, I am a little bit more fixed mindset on certain things where he's gone above and beyond and that now has a very growth mindset. I'm still kind of, I like what I like and I like that it works and just kind of stay here. So he has to kind of pull me away from that every now and then. And then how about with Carrie? Was that always an easy relationship to build and manage? From day one, the day we met her, we absolutely adored Carrie. She's I was actually uh, awesome. doing a, a flip about three of my contractors got fired. We fired them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> um, and so I, I was at the flip, you know, doing a lot of the work. And she called me. And she was like, hey, I just met our new QB. Um, her name's Carrie. She's actually really cool. And I was like. Every QB I'd met at that point, I hated. They were lazy. They didn't know what they were talking about. Couldn't get a hold of them. And uh, I was like, oh, we'll see. And then I think the next week I went and sat down with her and I was just blown away. I was, you know, she was totally different than anybody I'd ever met. And she aligned a lot. You know, she, she has that hard work mindset and, and that I love. Any person I meet that has, you know, I want to work hard. I just, I have a, a love yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Like she's, she's very, very growth mindset. Hey, what's the next thing we can learn? She's not fixed in her ways. So she's, you know, um, I guess she's been in the industry a little longer. So she's a little bit older than us, but she is like more social than we are. She's just like, Hey, we have this new system or what's the new system we can do and how can we change this? And, da, 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 da. and she's very inclusive of us, like in everything too. It's like my partners are, and I'm, there's no decisions that's made without each other. It's just, it's a really, really good relationship. She's flipping awesome. So what would you tell somebody who's either maybe thinking about starting a brokerage or looking to partner with somebody, or even if they're an agent that wants to partner up on deals, like what are some words of wisdom that you could share regarding partnerships? Uh, Money's always gets people acting funny, right? So have that conversation, write it down and have that locked in before any business occurs. I would say yeah. that's where most relationships go sour, no matter how smooth it is. Because we did in Remax, we partnered with uh, an agent and oh, yeah. you know we were young. We did silly deals all the time. Still to this day, we still do stupid deals, right? So um, luckily we can bounce it off a little bit <laughs> and we have the experience that we can fall back on. But um, you know, we were closing deals, but we had this partnership with this other agent that you know, if we closed the deal, we'd give her half. And if she closed the deal, she'd give us half. Well, she just stopped working and we were closing all the deals and, but you know, we were going to stay true to our word. So it, you know, we quickly understood like, okay, there has to be parameters and we have to have things set in stone. 
And as we started growing a team and partnering up with more agents, you know, that was always a theme that kind of came back around. And so now it's very black and white. There's no gray areas in any type of deal that we do. With our teams and everything, it's here's the team agreement. Here's all the money. Here's all the splits. Don't ask any, like, that's it. It is what it is. It's black um, and white. There's no gray black area. And white. Cause we were very gray areas. We wanted to make everyone happy and blah, blah, blah. And that's not really, that's not a solid business plan. You have to just have what it is. So everyone knows from the get go, what everything is. You're um, setting the expectation. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely have a clear, clear expectation. And then on top of that, you know, I think if you're worried to say something. Yeah. Or have a conversation. Because you're scared of how the person's going to react. I would say then you should probably reevaluate that partnership because you really want to have an open area. Um, Yeah. You want to definitely be able to talk about everything. hundred percent. So are there things that you guys have intentionally done to create a safe space for those conversations or oh. <laughs> have those? So they've been organic, just like you guys just work. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Basically, like if we none of us can we'll sit there and be like, oh, I don't want to have that conversation with so and so. No, we'll just say, hey, this is the problem. What's the solution? And just put it out there. there. And yeah. one thing, you know, I learned and so I picked up golf uh, at the beginning of the year. And I think like this, I know this has nothing to do with golf, right? But within golf, the more I would play with different people, I would see how they would react with a shitty shot or, you know, they did really well or did really bad on a hole. Yeah. And then I would work with them on a deal and they would act the exact same way. If they screwed up on something, they would hide it, right? They cheated in another putt or whatever the case may be. And so like, for me, it was able, I could start picking up on how people would treat the game and how they would treat their life. And so then I started reading a lot on, you know, emotional intelligence and, you know, active listening and all that stuff. And so that has helped me a ton building relationships and kind of figuring people out before we get too, too deep down the hole, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's that saying that says, uh, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And when you're talking about behavior and emotional intelligence, I think that plays a huge part. No, I 100% agree. He's better with that than I am. I don't pay attention to things. <laughs> I'm more kind You're of busy like, with the llamas, Christina. Yes, like, I am. My llamas are the best. What are their names? Lorenzo Llamas and Dali Llama. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. This just gets better. <laughs> the most common llama names. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, that makes sense, but still, Kendrick. it's so good. He wanted Kendrick Llama. That's Kendrick legit. Llama. I like that. Yeah. Um, your team having all of these agents within two years going from whatever it was zero to 10 to 20 to 40 to 80 tell me about that what has that been like for you guys so our team is kind of like a separate entity underneath simply so it's kind of like our little mini business underneath it so we had you know buyers agents we have transaction coordinators and like assistants and things like that so That was the trickiest part, having actual agents where we're mentoring them on their business. Like we have a new couple that they liked our style because they're a couple as well. Same thing, moved to the area, knew nothing. That's very different. That's hands-on and such, but it's it's different when you have to have accountability for your own agents. So like our agents that were just under K2, 
we fed them leads, we spent the money on them. They don't have any out-of-pocket expenses and there's a split. So it's a lot more stressful having that because your success is based on how well they produce. And how well they produce is based on how well you can actually benefit them, right? So, right, so if you give them 10 leads, how what's the quality of those actual leads that they can convert into sales? Exactly. And we have really, we had really good ones. Um, and so we had some agents that were high producers, awesome. And then you have others that were really struggling to get like one deal. And you're kind of like, okay, what, and you're trying to figure out how to motivate them. What's the problem, how to fix the problem. Cause sometimes it's not a problem that you're going to be able to see or figure out because you're not with them 24 seven. So it was just really, really stressful. Um, I think the most we had, we had one, two, three, four, five, six agents, and then a transaction coordinator and an, a showing assistant. And then we realized this was just, it was stressing us out. It was costing us way too much money. It's just really hard to keep me people motivated and other people don't want it as bad as you want it for them even. And once we realized that, that's why we've scaled back. We basically were the main agents. We have a like quasi buyer's agent. He goes, does the calls, does the showings. And then we kind of help facilitate. We have another guy that's just a showing agent. The second he gets them to be like, yes, we want to write an offer. We take over. And then we have two full-time transaction coordinators. And that has worked out so much better than having this big, massive team where you're trying to hold everyone accountable. Are they doing their calls? How are they doing on their contracts, fixing their problems? Well, that's the thing is what we learned, you know, by having our team and, and talking with other team leaders is, you know, it's, it's the worst. No. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just very difficult because, you know, if they're having an off day and they decide that they don't want to work, it doesn't affect them at all. Right. But you're still spending the money. And at the same time, you know, I, nobody's ever given up on me. Right. So I'm not going to give up on an agent, but at the same time, like at what point am I just paying someone's way and they're not giving anything back. Right. So it's not a conducive relationship. So like, you know, it's really a hard balancing act and it's so draining. So we had to really take a step back and reevaluate how we were going to do things. So, and now we're diving more into structuring the brokerage, helping recruit for the brokerage, doing mentorships for the brokers and things like that, as opposed to just our team. Um, So that's been a transition for the last couple of months where we're trying to help grow. And, you know, Carrie's going to max out on how many brokers she can have underneath her. So that's why I have to get my license so that I can have brokers underneath me as well. Because when she goes out of town, I'm the designated QB anyway, people call me regardless. So having that to be able to scale so she's not overwhelmed in our quality to our brokers doesn't go down was big. So with that change to how you're running things today, what do you see with the agents that are joining you guys and joining your team? Like, A, what does that structure actually look like? Like if I'm saying, hey, I'm moving to New Mexico and I wouldn't be an agent with you guys, what does that look like? And then B, on the other side of that is, on the day-to-day, how is that managed for you? So, I mean, like if you were coming over to New Mexico and you're like, hey, I want to work with you guys, we give you two options, right? So you can be on our brokerage and you get training support, everything you possibly want. We'll show you how to do the business. You can even audit our business. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could be a part of our team and that's a 50-50 split. And we pay for absolutely everything, all the training, hands-on, one-on-one. 
call us 12 o'clock at night. We answer We're, offices, everything. Yeah. You get free office space, all that stuff. So that that's kind of how that works on, on our end. Day to day of everything. Is Honestly, Carrie runs most of the day to day for the brokerage, but it's hectic. We'll jump in when she starts getting inundated with things. Um, but she's at the main, we have, we have four offices. Well, actually one, two, three, four, five offices. Um, so she's at the main office all the time. She's the head honcho for it. Um, we dive in definitely to help because it's a lot. Um, and we run our own office out of a development that we've, we've partnered with. So we have a whole development that we kind of help run with the, it's actually a new headquarters of Netflix. So oh, cool. schools where we run out of, so he does a lot of the commercial out there. So we're still in the business of selling. Carrie doesn't sell. She just caters hundred percent to the brokers, which is also a main reason people come to us is because she's not worried about her deals here and there. She's just here for the brokers and just to run the business, do the trainings, um, which we help with the trainings and has like the full schedule together and keeps everything running. Yeah. I think that kind of hits the nail right there is, you know, we, from 2017, we started creating little systems mm. and every day, every week, every month, every year, we kind of just add and grow those systems. So now, you know, we're not necessarily in the business as much, right? We're not doing, you know, Call. 400 calls a day like we were back whenever we started but now like you know a lot of our stuff is automated where our none of our clients since the time we started to now have felt any shifts in our quality of business and that was the most important thing to us is you know obviously you know we don't want to be in this you know 20 30 years and still be grinding every single day like we did when we started because it's just hard to kind of keep that get, keep that going so we built those systems, catered it to what our clients' needs and wants were. And so now we can take a step back. We can work on the brokerage. We can work on our construction company. We can work on our grocery store, right? We, we can actually build out multiple businesses and still have the same quality for each one of those yeah. clients. And we're still doubling every single year what we did the year before, right? So we're still able to scale and grow. and keep our head above water, right? We still have time for the kid, time for the llamas and still have a, you know, a quality of life, but it takes that hard work in the beginning, building those systems, which rarely anybody actually will sit down and and work out a full campaign. Yep. Like those are the things that you need to do in order to be successful in order to, to sustain success over a long period of time. You guys are very aware of what you do know and what you don't know. How do you ask yourself or what do you do to figure out what it is that you don't know to get to that next level. He's the research person. He will read a book a day, I swear. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, he wants to constantly learn and I think that's the biggest new. thing is, you know, the the Dunning, uh, what is it, Dunning-Kruger effects, right? Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. Sharon. All right, so it, essentially it's a graph, right? And the graph will look, it'll just peak up and then it'll do, drop down. And then it'll slowly start to trail back up. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is that's your, your knowledge on a certain subject, right? Okay. So in the very like beginning- Like a knowledge life cycle. I've, I've seen it that way. Yeah. So yeah. like, let's say you're, you're a new agent, you just get licensed, right? And they call that first peak, they call it Mount Stupid. Because <laughs> you think you know everything, right? I just got licensed. I'm at my brokerage. I know everything. I went through all the classes. I know more than everybody. And then you get your first deal and you realize, holy shit, I don't know anything. 
and you hit the bottom. And I think that's a very critical point is to know that I don't know anything. Yeah. And so the self-education over a long period of time, that's where that's where effect. the recipe of yeah. success is made, right? Is is you have to have that the idea of mastery, right? And so whenever we set off on any venture, we make a commitment that we're gonna master it. And we understand that the only way to master it is to never stop learning it because everything's gonna change. So continually educating yourself and educating your partner. I read books. She teaches me about contract changes and all that stuff. So, you know, I have strengths, she has strengths, and we're going to help each other with those strengths. Um, And we relay that to our brokers, like that, you know, some of them, if they don't go to class, we're like, why aren't you in class? Okay. So tell me about septics. Tell me about wells. What about this new contract change? And they're just like, like, get your butt in class because you're not going to ever scale your business because you're not going to learn. You'll learn in the field. But other than that, you should be constantly learning. Like we're still in our, if Carrie's teaching a class and we're at our other office, we'll still zoom in and listen to the class, even though we taught that class last month, because maybe she learned something in the last week that we didn't know. Yeah. There's always something to learn. Yeah. It's the, it's, I think it's the ego of some of the new agents that, well, I don't need to go. I I'm doing my deals just fine. I'm, I'm fine. And then shit hits the fan and then they come to us and they're like, "Well, well, we had all classes on that all month. Why weren't you there? This would have been so much easier. You could have saved this deal. It's one of those things where, you know, I could read a book and I get something phenomenal out of that book. And then I reread it and I get something totally different because I'm at a different point in my life. I'm at a different point in my career. So revisiting the same subject isn't a bad thing, right? You're going to grab different things from it. And so, yeah, you know, just never stop learning. Yeah. Because you're at a completely different level of awareness, right? Like you don't see something that wasn't there before you see something within yourself that has evolved or changed or that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I love that. What are three things that we can talk about that agents should think about as they're starting and building and growing their business? Just three things off the top of your head. Um, systems, yeah. have your systems, have your follow-up set. Love it. Yep. I can't tell you how many agents just go, yeah, I got this. I, I met this person at an open house and you're, they had it on Saturday and they're talking to you on a Thursday. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so when are you guys in the car? Well, no, I didn't really talk to them yet. What, what do you mean? Like we would call that night. Hey, did you go in any more open houses that day? Did you find anything you liked? No. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to set you up on a portal, blah, blah, blah. Like, we were in, in their face immediately. And some other people were like, yeah, I got this lead and I'll call them later. I'm like, cool. They would have talked to 10 agents. Good job. So having those systems where you're going to commit to things, you're going to have a strict follow-up schedule and hold yourself accountable. Um, I think that is probably the biggest hurdle all of our new agents go through that there's, oh man, like the guy just bought a house. Well, what do you mean? When's the last time you talked to him? Well, I talked to him like last month. Well, that's your fault. And I think, uh, you know, the, they always say consistency is key in anything, right? Mm-hmm. And building a system creates that consistency. And that'll keep the level of your business at, at a high level rather than These those peaks, peaks and valleys, right? Um, two, I would say, is look at it from your point of view, right? There's a lot of cynics out there. And, you know, the the couple we're mentoring right now, the husband, he's a huge cynic, right? Anything you say... He tries to think of the most negative aspect of it. And I love that about him because if you use that and like, I, I always say, well, how would you sell yourself? 
And that I think is such a big thing is, you know, if, if, if you're saying something that you don't believe, why in the world would somebody else believe you? Right. So, so make it true within what you're doing. And a lot of people think salespeople are car you know, salesmen and slick back. There's nothing wrong with car salesmen. I think there's some good guys out there. Right. But they have this weird, the movie stigma idea of, that, right? of yeah. what a salesperson is, but like, you know, what we're selling the solutions to other people's problems. Right. And, and that's really what it's about yeah. is how are you going to solve their problem? You're not trying to get their money. And whenever you have that, those dollar signs in your eyes, people read that. And that's where you get those uncomfortable situations. But if you're really out there, hey, I want to help you, right? Always service first. I, I think that you're going to do great in any type of industry. And probably third, like we were talking about earlier, education. You can't stop. Once you think you know it, once you've done one deal, you still don't know shit. <laughs> it's horrible to say. We are constantly learning. We've done over 300 transactions at this point And like, we're still learning. I'll still have a deal where I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know that that could even possibly happen. And you're still coming up with solutions. So if you're not constantly learning about how the market's changing, how the structure of business is changing, because everything, it changes every single day. Your offers are going to change month to month, depending on the market. If you're not in that and you're doing a deal that you, you're trying to mirror from six months ago, people are going to laugh at you and say, well, that's, why are you doing these terms? That's not even the industry standard anymore. So I think that that's, that's huge. It's just education constantly be with your peers, learn from other people. Um, I have the mindset, right. That you're going to grow and, and you, know, you can't be pissed off if something doesn't work. You just got to think about how can I make it work the next time? And, uh, and you know, like yourself, right. You've been in a lot of different industries and I think that's helped you be successful in each one of those industries. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're only focused on what's happening in front of you, you're missing about, every, you know, like 90% of everything else. So if you're only focused on real estate, you're missing what's going on in the rest of the world. And that's what other people, like your buyers aren't all focused about real estate 100% of the time. So be aware of what else is going on, on around the world. Use that to, to, to your, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Use it to your advantage. And forward, right? <laughs> yeah. Forward. I love that, you guys. Thanks for sharing. Of course. Where can people find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? If uh, they're interested in joining you or, you know, they just want to have a conversation or they're New Mexico looking for a house, where can people find you? Um, So our website is uh, K2Simply. So it's K and the number two, simply.com. We're on all social media platforms, uh, K2Simply Real Estate everywhere. Again, the brokerage is Simply Real Estate in New Mexico. I think the website is simplyrealestatenm.com. Um, but basically, we, we're very active on the internet. We're very active on social media. So if you put K2 or our names or anything like that, we'll probably pop up somewhere. <laughs> um, we're always down to help. We, Like I said, we, we mentor brokers and we you know collaborate with brokers out of state. We have a lot of out-of-state referrals. We have a good network that way as well. So we're the type to... We'll tell you absolutely everything about our business and how to do it. And whether you do it or not is up to you. Uh, we don't hide anything. So we're an open book. Accountability and ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. This has been awesome, you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll look forward to doing this again with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank so Thanks for having us. us. Yes. Hey, guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see you on the next one.